0: Algar Productions
1: Sarcastic Voyage presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner Starring Kara O'Connor as Sizzix Jones
2: well, well. I'd heard the rumours, but I simply had to see for myself. I spent the afternoon in a jail cell and my evenings being threatened by a wayward werewolf, but things are really looking up now. My lifelong nemesis, Ottawa St. Corby, teeters precariously on the brink of oblivion. And to think, all that stands between you and the sweet release of death is this tiny electrical socket. It would be a real shame if someone were to If someone were to blast, this must be one of those American plugs, I think they call them. How ghastly. I'm sure it would be easier to pull this from the wall if it were one of the more elegant British designs.
3: I'm going to have to ask you to stop that, please.
2: What? Stop what? Visiting my dear comatose friend?
3: Hmm, a few quick bullet points there. First, everyone in town knows you're not friends with Mrs. St. Corby. Quite the opposite, in fact. I personally have attended to her Zizix-Jones-related injuries, mild poisonings, and attempted drownings on at least half a dozen occasions. We've actually added you as a checkbox on the paperwork under cause of condition. Right there.
2: Genius is so rarely acknowledged in its own time. Second,
3: even if you were friends, which I established in point one that you are not, visitation is only permitted for family. I'm not sure how you got past the nurses at the front desk, but...
4: Ma'am. Ma'am, I managed to release all of the parakeets into the air ducts. The pet store was out of cocktails, but... You put
3: birds in our ventilation systems? Why in God's name would you do that? Simple.
2: First, it fulfills my daily animal cruelty quota. Second, it nicely distracts those gatekeeping assmongers at the front desk. So I suppose you could say it kills two birds with one stone. See? I can present my points in the form of a list as well, Doctor.
3: Uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave
4: now.
2: Did you hear what I said, Fondella? I did, ma'am. Two birds with one stone. Very clever, ma'am. It's a pun, you see, because of the birds.
3: Get out of my hospital.
2: And the killing. Out! Very well, but only because it pleases me to do so. Come, Fondella. We'll leave the sweet, compassionate caregiver to tend his useless minge-bag.
3: Ugh. Was she... smoking in here on top of everything else? Honestly, what makes a person act like that?
1: Contentment Corner, 1978. The Jorgensen Farm.
2: So then she says, so yeah, you want to go to second base then, yeah? And he says, get this. He says, yeah, you betcha. Can you believe it? Yeah. Agnes. Agnes, honey.
5: Yeah, get off the phone now.
2: Yeah, sorry there. I got to go now. My mom's real pissed. I'll call you later. What? Agnes, you mind telling me what these are? Well, I can't be sure, Mom, but they look like a bunch of envelopes covered in dirt. Well, I found these buried out in the cornfield there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How do you suppose they got out there? Well, now I couldn't say. You're the farmer. Well, These are all letters addressed to Ottawa St. Corby. I went and opened up a one of them. Well, you shouldn't do that. That's a crime, don't you know? I went and opened up a one of them, and it was an application for the college scholarship or company offers. You know, the one you also applied for. Well, now how is she going to see the other applications if they're buried out there in that cornfield? Agnes, did you do this? I'm sure I don't know what your... <phone rings> Excuse me, that's the phone. Hello, Jorgensen Residence. This is Agnes speaking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's great news. No, I'll be down there first thing in the morning then. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Bye now. Well, what a coinkydink. That was someone from St. Corby Soap. And wouldn't you know it, it looks like I got the scholarship. Agnes, you can't accept that. Now you listen to me. You're darn right I can accept that scholarship. What, you think I want to live here for the rest of my life, farming for corn and paying protection money to a bunch of mobsters? Well, the heck with that. There's a whole big world out there, and if I have to step on a few people to get out of here and see it, then I'm going to do that. You betcha I am. Yeah. oof
1: Three years later.
2: St. Corby, where are you, you bloody cheapskate? Show yourself this instant. I'll tear this grotty factory apart myself if I have to.
5: Poxy bint! Whoa there, Missy. Oh, hold on now. Uh, let's just calm ourselves down and stop smashing up all the delicate machinery there.
2: Afraid to face me yourself, are you? You'd rather send me this this spillic of a pensioner to manhandle me.
5: Now 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 miss Jorgensen. Is that it's uh, Miss Jorgensen, isn't it? Now, nobody's manhandling you there. No, I'm just doing my job. And part of that job is making sure people don't just up and storm into the Mrs. St. Corby's factory after hours and, well, smash up the place.
2: Ha! How do you like that, stupid machine?
5: Right, like that. Uh, exactly like that. Uh, that's the sort of thing I'm paid to keep from happening.
2: Ha! And this is a wire. I'll pull it! I'm destroying everything you own!
5: (laughs) Except that it's happening now. So could you you help a fella out and stop doing that?
2: I'll do nothing of the kind until Mrs. St.
5: Colby, as you call her. Ah, well, that is her Christian name.
2: Until she comes out here to face me. I know she hasn't gone home yet. The light is still on in her office! Ottawa, you deceitful slag! Come out here!
5: Well, let's let's just take it easy there. Just uh, staple your britches back on. Uh, What's the issue exactly? Uh, Maybe old Jim here. Uh, That's that's me. I'm Jim. How are you? Uh, Maybe old Jim can help. uh, You know, uh, mediate your uh, little dispute. The
2: issue? that I was promised four years of paid tuition by your oh-so-generous employer.
5: Oh, yeah, that uh, scholarship thing.
2: Only apparently this doesn't include the customary junior year abroad.
5: Oh, the, the, the juniper what now?
2: Don't be thick, little man. Everyone knows that a university student is entitled to spend their third year in a foreign country, absorbing the local customs, expanding their horizons, that sort of rubbish.
5: Is that why you're talking like you do right now? You, you spent yours in, uh. in, uh. Oh, no, no, don't tell me now. I'm sure I can guess.
2: I went to England, you git!
5: Right, England. Of course. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Uh, you know, my Buckingham Palace, uh, Stratford upon Roundabout, uh, Big Brad and so on. And so well, what's, what's the problem? The
2: problem is the skinflint that runs this company decided quite arbitrarily, I might add, that my cultural horizons were as wide as they needed to be. And now the considerable expenses I incurred will not be reimbursed.
5: Uh, well, now, in fairness, I'm fairly sure the scholarship doesn't apply to- You
2: sound just like her.
5: You're all the same, you... No, 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 hold on a tick. You're, you're an American, too, aren't you, dear?
2: Oh, shut it! This is all a bunch of bullocks, and I intend to see it made right.
5: Oh, no.
2: And there she is.
5: I told her to stay in her office until this was over.
2: Oh, it's about to be over, all right. Over that vat of disgusting, soapy runoff.
5: Chimney Cricket. Ugh. I guess I'd better get in there and break this kerfuffle up. Or, you know, alternately, I could not do that. I'd probably lose my job. I'm sure somebody else in town could use a old security guard. You know, in some place it's a little less prone to, oh, that sort of thing.
1: Present Day
5: foreign trading, and an aggressive bear market overwhelmed Sabrina Corp. Investors were unsurprised.
2: <sighs> Honestly, must you listen to this racket at the breakfast table?
0: Must you eat at this breakfast table? I thought the entire point of adding the East Wing was so that we didn't have to lay eyes on each other this early in the morning.
2: Much as I'd like to go with your positively revolutionary idea of drawing a line down the middle of our home... Where was it that you got this particular inspiration? An episode of Gilligan's Island?
0: I love Lucy, but I wouldn't expect you to recognize something with the word love in the title. Hmm.
2: Yes, that's the one where the husband is successful at what he does, and the pathetic wife is constantly trying to ride his coattails. So exactly the opposite of this marriage. Well, that sounds like a flamingo. Your son's flamingo. But that can't be right, because I'm certain I told him to keep the bloody thing outdoors, or it would end up crammed in a rubbish disposal.
0: My son is under direct orders to ignore your incoherently faux-English blathering, and if you lay one hand on his bird, I swear I...
2: You're what? You've already proven yourself impotent as a businessman and as a lover. Surely you can't expect me to take any kind of threat you make seriously.
0: Speaking of impotent, I hear Ottawa St. Corby's company remains securely in her family's custody and that she, while comatose, is still very much alive. I always managed my corporate takeovers within the confines of the law. Seems you can't even manage it with murder as part of your arsenal.
2: Yes. Well, you know all about arsenals, don't you?
0: Not one of your better efforts, my dear.
2: Nor was it one of God's better efforts when he created your face, teeth, ears, arms, and penis. Your very tiny penis.
0: I'm impressed. It usually takes you less than a full minute to bring that up.
2: I suppose I should be thankful that one of us can manage to bring it up at all.
0: Clearly the problem is me, and not my hollow lie of a marriage to a soul-crushing hybrid of a harpy and a shrew.
2: It's a poor carpenter who blames his tools, dear. But then again, you never were much of a craftsman.
0: Oh good, that'll be the girl who drives you all of a third of a mile to the glass and steel phallus that you laughingly call a head office.
2: One of your many therapists might be interested to know that you're suffering from the world's first documented case of corporate penis envy.
0: Oh yeah? Will you- oh, she's gone. Damn it!
4: Good morning, ma'am. I brought you some breakfast.
2: Oh, Fondella, you're an absolute treasure. I'm so glad I took you in off the streets away from your morally dubious existence, cleaned you up, and made you my protege. That's not
4: exactly how I remember it, ma'am.
1: 1983. The newly constructed headquarters of Zizik's Cosmetics.
2: Do take a seat. Bondella, is it? Yes, mum. Oh, you're English, are you? Born in West Sussex, but
4: my father was in the RAF, so we moved around a lot.
2: Well, we can't have two of us sounding like that. If you're going to be my assistant, we're going to have to go with a story that you're American.
4: All right, then. I did a number of plays at university, and I studied with a dialect
2: coach, so I could use any number of regional accents if you prefer. Just plain old boring American will be fine. The important thing is that you never upstage me by being more interesting. Of course. Good. Now, your CV is quite impressive. That's what we call a resume where I'm from. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've checked your references, which are also exceptional. Oh, do excuse me a moment. There we are, then. Did
4: you just take out a snake and chop it up into little pieces? Yes. Well spotted.
2: That's not going to be a problem for you, is it? Not really, no. But do you mind if I ask why you did that? Surely you've heard about all the mystical forces here in Contentment Corner. Damians, Fieris, and so forth. Yes. Well, such creatures demand sacrifices to remain in their favor and I'm quite keen to remain in their favor. As a result, I bring harm to quite a lot of small creatures on a fairly regular basis.
4: Okay, but do you, like, pray to one or more of these creatures? Do you cast a specific kind of spell,
2: or... No, no, no. Just animal torture. Huh. All right, then. I've enjoyed a tremendous amount of success in a very short period of time. Some attribute this to my marrying a rich captain of industry and dragging him back to this town. Out of curiosity, why did you choose to set up your corporate headquarters here? To keep an eye on the competition. Oh? One Miss Ottawa St. Corby. Oh, right.
4: Right. I did see that in your mission statement mentions destroying her, but I thought that might be a joke of some
2: kind. Oh, it's no joke. I won't rest until that manky cow is in the ground and her soap empire belongs to me. Right. As I was saying, others may attribute my meteoric rise to the apparently mistaken notion that this company is in some way subsidized by the government. I did wonder about that.
4: Contentment Corner is in Zizik's county... And Zizek's Cosmetics kind of implies... Yes,
2: funny that. They wouldn't actually let me call the company that unless I changed my name. So I did.
4: And people are actually more willing to buy cosmetics from you because they think you're part of the
2: government? To be honest, I think some of these idiot locals believe that they're required by law to buy my products. I don't know who could have put that idea into their heads.
4: I can't imagine.
2: But the crown jewel in my repertoire is that... Can you keep a secret? I can, but
4: are you sure you want to tell a secret to someone you haven't actually hired yet?
2: Oh, fine. You're hired. Now. The main reason my company has excelled so overwhelmingly is that I have, well, let's call them a mysterious benefactor. A sort of silent partner who advises me on business affairs.
4: I see.
2: So, to that end, I must ask that you never enter the office that adjoins mine. That closed door
4: there. The one marked absolutely do not under any circumstances enter this door? Yes. That's the
2: one. Well spotted.
4: Well, I suppose if I'm hired, I should get to work. What should
2: I do first? Chopping up that snake was remarkably satisfying. Go on down to the pet shop and pick me up another one, won't you? Just tell them it's for me. I have an open account there.
1: Present day.
2: Fondella, I have a few changes
4: to the agenda this morning. How many changes? Because you have a meeting with the shareholders at 10, which you combined with your pedicure so they can, and I quote... Kiss your feet literally and figuratively. Then at noon you have... Forget
2: all of that. Reschedule it. I've had an epiphany, Fondella.
4: These always end well. What's
2: that? Just reminding myself to call Endwell, which is the name of one of the shareholders. I'm so glad I have you around to remember these things for me. That name doesn't sound remotely familiar to me. So tell me about this epiphany of yours. Oh, yes. This one is... How do Americans say it? A doozy.
4: Yes, that's how we Americans say
2: it. With Ottawa in a coma, there's nobody in this town to get between me and everything I want. I can finally stop pulling my punches. Is that
4: what you've been doing?
2: We're going on a spree, Fondella. And God help anyone in contentment corner who's ever crossed me.
3: Man, there are rough shifts and there are rough shifts, and that was a rough shift. I'm ready for a hot bath, a cold drink, and the hell? Why can't I unlock my own front door?
2: Because it's not your front door anymore, Dr. Lake-Near. It's mine, and not just the door either. The entire sad little house.
3: What are you talking about? I own this house.
2: Oh, you did. Until this morning, when the bank turned it over to me. It's my house now, and I shan't be needing any of this rubbish cluttering it up.
3: Hey, stop. Don't throw my stuff out the window.
2: My roof, Dr. Near My rules. And rule one is, get your garbage off my property.
3: Is this because I walked in on you trying to pull the plug on Mrs. St. Corby. Uh, This is a new low, Sizzix, even for you.
2: It's still early, and I have a very busy day ahead of me.
4: Ma'am, you know I rarely question the morality of your decisions, but
2: we're also not usually in the habit of blowing up restaurants. Oh, they weren't even open yet. It's not like anyone was in there.
4: Right, so it's just arson
2: and then not murder? It's justice. I've had my eyes on that property for years, and the previous owners refused to sell to me so they could put in a franchise restaurant. I mean, honestly, is there anything more brazenly Yankee than Mustache Charlie's? Even this lousy little town can do better than that.
5: Oh, that's
6: unfortunate.
2: Where to next, ma'am? Hmm, to the Gazette, I think. It's time we escalated my assault on the media.
4: You mean the small newspaper that comes out twice a week?
2: Yes, that's right. Hello? This rag is still being printed, isn't it? Maybe it's a quaint late 20th century idea, but don't you need employees to run a newspaper? Hello? Finally. Didn't you hear me, old woman? You have a visitor.
6: My hearing may not be what it used to be, Mrs. Jones, but fortunately for me, people are getting louder. So it's a net loss of zero decibels. Where's the other one?
2: The younger one. I usually speak with her.
6: Young Thelma is on a short leave of absence. You can talk to me. Or, for a preference, you can stop talking altogether. Now see here! What is it you want, Jones? As I mentioned, my star and, as it happens, only reporter is out of the office for a while, which means I'm running this place on my own. There's only room for one bossy broad in this building, and she's the one you're looking at through those narrowing eyelids of yours. I've had about enough of this rags crusade again. You mean the triple verified accounts of your public scheming, haranguing, and soliloquizing we occasionally print?
2: So I intend to purchase the Gazette and put someone else in charge. Maybe my 15-year-old stepson. Or maybe I'll just level the place. I'm sure the locals can line their birdcages with their junk posts just as easily. Buy the Gazette? Not in my lifetime. Well, that can't be too much longer now, can it? I'll just wait it out.
4: I don't know, ma'am. I heard a rumor that she's a vampire.
2: Oh, don't be foolish,
6: Fondella. Too late for that. The poor girl already works for you. You can't speak to me this way. I demand to see your supervisor. Done and done. Well? For someone who tries to sound smarter by speaking with a fake accent, you're really not very bright, are you? I own this newspaper. I won't be intimidated, and I'm not selling. I thought that was implied when I said it the first time. Well, if that's how you're going to be, I shan't waste any more of your time. Good. I wasn't finished! Kind of assumed as much. You'd best watch your back, old
2: woman. Things in this town have a tendency to catch fire, and there's little more flammable than paper.
6: Sorry about this. I I don't think she meant that. I'm sure she didn't, but I expect the owner of that mustache Charlie's thought the same thing. Uh, How did you... Good day, Miss Ember. Bye. There you are. What took you so long? I was just
4: making sure your threat landed.
2: Good. Honestly, if we hadn't just lit a place on fire today, I'd flick my cigarette back in there right now. But we wouldn't want anyone getting suspicious now, would we?
4: Of course not. So where are we off to now?
2: Back to the office. I've a sudden urge to smash some hermit crabs with a very large hammer. Fondella, something's not right here. Should this side of the car be tilting like this?
4: What? Oh no. Looks like we have a flat.
2: A flat? On my
4: vehicle? Scandalous. I shan't hear of it. These things do happen sometimes, ma'am. I can change it. It'll just be a couple of minutes.
2: A couple of minutes? I don't have that kind of time.
4: Well, we're only about 4 blocks from the office. You could walk.
2: Walk? Like a common peasant. Oh, honestly, is anything going to go my way today?
4: I'll see you back there shortly, ma'am. Oh, god.
2: Oh, hello, Zizix. Sheriff Steele, what brings you here? Not suspicion of any kind of crime, I hope. Seeing you in my lobby makes me nervous. Why? Do you have some reason to feel nervous? What? Oh, of course not. Don't be absurd. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Ask anyone. Well, as it happens, I'm not sure who I'm here to see. We just got a call down at the station requesting my presence in an upstairs office adjacent to yours. Only none of your employees seem to know anything about that. Uh, yes. Well, I'd be more than happy to take you there myself. The elevator's just this way. Do you really think an elevator is necessary for a three-story building? You're welcome to take the stairs. All right. I'll race you. If you must. I win. Yes. The cyborg managed three flights of stairs with superhuman speed. Who could have predicted that? This way, please, Sheriff. I must tell you, this door is usually locked. But not this time, apparently. Knock, knock. It's me and the sheriff, whom you apparently wanted to see. So here she is in my building. Right. Just go in, then. Thank you, Sizzix. Well, with the constabulary present, I'll probably have to wait before I can get to work on those hermit crabs. Or anything else, for that matter. Wait a minute. Where is my... What was that? Good lord, you've disabled the sheriff. That's liable to cause all sorts of... Wait a minute. That's my cage of rats on your desk, isn't it? I've been starving and torturing those rats for weeks now. Do be careful with a. The... No, don't don't bring them over here and don't open the box. They're likely to... Oh my god!
1: Contentment Corner, episode 13, featured Mark Bosco as Mustache Charlie, Randall Cleveland as Jad Cortland III, Robert Cooper as the narrator, Kara O'Connor as Zizix Jones, Kaplan Obum as Mrs. Jorgensen and Sheriff Metallius Steele, Joseph Ravenson as Dr. Chang Leekner, Nicole Santora as Fondella Ember, Amanda Smith as Mary Madison and Jason Wallace as Jim. It was written by Ron Algar Watt and produced by Algar Productions. Copyright 2016.
2: You'd rather send me this, this pillock of a pensier to me. I'm sorry, what is it? Pensioner. Sorry. Read more books, Cowell. <laughs> you cunt! Yes, that's right, I said cunt. We say it very freely in England. We're not afraid of it like you... Cunty Americans! Cunt, cunt, cunt!